Welcome to the American Truck Driver Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Polk, and you're listening to a special series called Dissecting a Decade, my journey of growth and understanding my value in the trucking industry. The 10 episodes in this series will cover the years 2008 to 2018 and will describe for you the ideas, plans, and decisions I made that led to success, failure, and restoration. 2013 began with high hopes. I'd had two really good years leasing a truck from Anderson Trucking Service, running their pad wrap van division. Uh, I increased my revenue and I lowered my expenses. Uh, I had in 2011, I had done $178,000 on 100,000 miles, and in 2012, I did 188,000 on about uh, the same amount of miles, about 100,000 miles. Uh, but I had decreased my expenses uh, by about another $10,000. I wouldn't find out until uh, about April uh, what the IRS would think about that $20,000 spread. As I told you in the last episode, a friend of mine had been wooing me over to the flatbed division at Anderson Trucking Service. And I... I had done some flatbedding um, in my career, and, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed being outside. I enjoyed, you know, um, the different kind of aspect versus just swinging doors. Um, and so I thought, well, I've, I've gotten the, uh, the mindset shift from company driver to lease operator uh, done and over with. So, you know, it would probably be an appropriate time to try something new. Uh, with the flatbed division. So I made the decision uh, to switch uh, when I went to complete my new lease. And I talked to the uh, the guys at the leasing company and um, we pretty much had choices between the Freightliner Coronado, the Freightliner Cascadia, uh, and Peterbilt 387. And I love Pete's, I love Kenworth's, and uh, they had a 2011 Peterbilt 386 with a couple hundred thousand miles on it. And uh, I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll take that one. It had the Cummins ISX engine. So I had to do a securement class for a couple of days. And I, I figured out quickly uh, the difference between a hauling flatbed with general freight versus the, the, the you know, I had hauled some coils and I had hauled some lumber, which was all straight, um, you know, normal geometric square kind of stuff. Well, you know, hauling equipment and different styles and sizes of pipe was a completely different experience. And so my first load was a load of uh, Bobcat skid steer loaders and excavators uh, out of Minneapolis, I think. Uh, and wow, I figured out real quick, I was swimming in the deep end. It took me about four hours to get that load secured. Uh, I kept calling my friend Terrence and I'm like, dude, what, what the crap? I'm running out of straps and he laughed and, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to text him pictures. And, and so I, I finally got it straight and, uh, I took that load and I delivered it somewhere over, uh, maybe around Indiana uh, Ohio 
and uh, they they booked me on another load that I think was crane mats. Um, they it's these big wood uh, like platforms uh, that they that cranes set on so they don't sink into uh, dirt and mud when they're operating. And um, I met another lease operator. Um, he he gave me some good pointers on uh, on how to secure the load and but I had noticed a check engine light had come on the night before and you know up to this point you know check engine lights weren't really a big deal you know it, it's you know oh it's some sensor um, and you just ride you know well I found out the hard way that you know with trucks built after 2008 that's not the case a check engine light is a sign of impending doom so uh, I got unloaded with the, the crane mat load uh, over in um, northern Indiana. And I went over to the truck stop, and all of a sudden, my accelerator wouldn't work. And I, I found out I was in what was called D-rate. And something had gone wrong in the emission system, and now the truck won't move. So I was towed to a Peterbilt dealer. Um, you know, I was booked on the load, I think, that paid $4,000 over the weekend. Well, that was gone. Ended up sitting in that Peterbilt dealer almost a week. Uh, fortunately, they had like a 30-day warranty on new leases because that was a $5,000 repair. Uh, the, the selective catalyst thing was bad, and they had to order all these parts, and, you know, but ATS picked up the tab because it was still within the warranty. And I thought, okay, well, I've gotten that out of the way. Over the next um, about five months, I lost somewhere in the neighborhood of $50,000 in potential revenue with that truck. That's not counting the amount of money that was spent from my maintenance account, which was pretty much always in the negative uh, because it was every time I turned around um, the check engine light was on uh, and back into the shop and a recalibration uh, fix this part or change that clip but um, it derated and shut down on me three times on one load from Laredo Texas to Canada um, it was just an absolute nightmare to deal with. I loved driving the truck. That, it was, you know, driving it wasn't a problem. It just, I couldn't, I couldn't run it. It was constantly, it was a constant state of disrepair. So, in uh, the end of July, uh, I had a check engine light, but the truck was was running uh it wasn't derating but the check engine light was on so we had a plan to take our kids to an amusement park in ohio so i dropped the truck off at the peterbilt dealer in columbus and i said hey we're going to the park we'll be back so i came back and uh, the guy says hey you're 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 fixed and i was like good well i appreciate it thank you and he's like yeah till the next time it breaks down and I was like, man, thank, thanks for that vote of confidence. And he said, well, we used to fix yellow motors. Now we fix yellow lights. And I said, okay, well, 
<clears throat> onward and upward gonna keep my attitude good we've we've got the light it's no longer on we've had we've had we've put recall parts on it we've we've changed and calibrated and fixed and cleaned every possible thing there is to do on this truck we have to be fixed I left Columbus and I made it to Des Moines, Iowa when the check engine light and the shutdown lights and everything came back on. The truck derated. I got it into a Flying J and there I sat. I was at that time, I was on a load going to Canada that paid I think almost $10,000. It was a really, really good load. Um, and, and that load, you know, 2013 was a tough year for the market you know it was it was especially in in flatbeds type stuff you know that that's the one thing i didn't count on when i left the the blanket wrap was uh, i was getting into a whole new market that i i knew absolutely nothing about and that the flatbed market was weak in 2013 and so you know, most of the money was made going to Canada because the loads paid so well. But even then, they were, you know, other drivers were telling me, oh, well, that load ought to pay 14000 not eight. Uh, and I'm like, well, well, it is what it is. So, um, you know, I had, I had played this constant game from being behind to being ahead to being behind to being ahead. And I thought, okay, here's this $10,000 load to Canada. This will be what I need to push me over the hump, get me out of the hole. And the truck broke down. So I sat in a motel room for another couple of days. And uh, they called me and they said, hey, your truck's fixed. So I went back to get it. Of course, my $10,000 load to Canada was gone, some left with somebody else. And um, I walked into the shop, and I looked at the foreman, and I said, hey, can you tell me why it quit? And he looked me right in the face, and he's like, oh, man, we don't have a clue. He's like, we... We changed a fitting or a hose or something, but, you know, we, we really have no idea. And I said, okay, all right, I'm done. I had, I had a friend that I had met earlier that year. Well, it was actually in a, in the securement class with me in January who had been at ATS on the flatbed division and he had had some kind of problem. And, uh, he just called me up one day. He's like, hey, man, I bought a truck. I'm at Landstar. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. I know what Landstar is. And he's like, yeah, man, this is great. And this is the best thing ever. And, oh, you get to pick your own loads. And and I'm like, hey, you know, that's great. So he told me he had bought the truck from Lone Mountain Truck Sales or Lone Mountain Truck Leasing, I think is what it's called. And so I'm sitting here in Des Moines, and I'm not far from Omaha where they're, uh, where they're a little – dealership was and so I had called over there while I was in the motel out of curiosity more than anything and uh and I said hey what what's the oldest truck you got and she said I've got an 07 uh Freightliner Century 600,000 miles and I said uh well I'm on my way I'm gonna come over there and look at that truck so I just deadheaded over there in my in my Anderson truck and I went and looked at this truck, and, and we talked about the price and the payment. And, um, and I thought, you know what? I have, I have pulled the last load I'm going to pull with this Peterbilt from hell. Um, it's time to try something different. So I called home. I, I 
borrowed some money. I called Anderson and I said, guys, we're done here. And uh, the guy at the leasing company, you know, he did all he could for me. He's like, man, I, listen, I know what a nightmare this has been for you. And this is such an abnormal situation. And yeah, guys have problems, but never like this. Um, you know, we feel bad that you've had to go through all this. Let, let us get you a different truck. And I was like, hey, buddy, listen, if it was built after 2007, I don't want anything to do with it. I am done with admissions. I'm not doing it anymore. I don't care. Uh, I'm done. And, uh, and I said, so I'm bringing the truck back. And I have bought myself another truck. I'm going to Landstar. So I filled out my Landstar application, and uh, um, I, I, I deadheaded the truck back to. Or, well, first um, I had to figure out what to do with all my stuff. So right by the TA and Council Bluffs, I found a U-Haul, and they had a special for one dollar. You got your first month of uh, storage. So I gave him a dollar. And I unloaded the truck, except for some clothes and um, I think a mattress. And uh, I, uh, I, I deadheaded back to St. Cloud. And uh, so the guy, I got there on Friday, and the guy was like, look, we'll get you a bus ticket. Um, he's like, I'm going to leave you on this truck till Monday, so you'll have insurance if you need to drive around. So I stayed there on Monday. They got me a bus ticket. Well, now, you know, Landstar is telling me all this stuff that I need to have, and um, you know you've got to have a you know inspection, and you've got to pay your twenty two ninety, and I'm like, what's a twenty two ninety? All that's your federal heavy use tax. That's five hundred and fifty dollars. You've got to pay that to IRS. So I took a bus back to Omaha, and I got off the bus, went to the IRS office. Then I found out you have to have a federal employee identification number. And the only way to get that was on the phone. And so I sat in the IRS office on the phone for like two hours, waiting for somebody to pick up and, you know, give me this number in like 30 seconds. Then I walk up to the counter, I give them the $550, give them the VIN number of the truck. They stamp that. Okay, that's done. Send that off to Landstar. So I've had the truck inspected. I've had it dyno tested. I've... Uh, given Landstar everything they need, but what I didn't know at that time, uh, and, and fortunately has gotten a little bit better by now, but Landstar uses uh, contractors to do their driver qualifications, and these people don't get in a hurry. And by luck of the draw, uh, I ended up getting my application to a place in Pennsylvania that I don't even think exists anymore, and I waited, and I waited and I waited some more and you know it's it's we're coming up on like three weeks that I haven't I haven't moved you know since since the breakdown and uh you know I've got this money that I borrowed that was supposed to just like get me my down payment and a little bit of money to to move around uh but I'm living in a motel day by day at a in a like a day's in so I went over to Walmart and I thought, well, I've got to be able to get around. Uh, I don't even think Uber was really a thing then. So I went to Walmart and I bought a a 10-speed bicycle. And uh, now, as a uh, as a means of transportation, it's not bad. But for somebody that hadn't rode a bike in 15 years, not you know, not the best choice. And there was even one point I rode the thing like eight miles to a movie theater so I could watch a movie and. Uh, 
well that that's just a kind of pain you really can't describe uh for having not been on a bicycle for 15 or 20 years and then decide to get the bright ass idea to ride the thing eight miles to a movie theater um and probably the really the only unethical side of all of this is that when i finally got the truck back on the road i i took the bike back to walmart and returned it they gave me my money back you know but a man's got to do what he's got to do when he's broken desperate so i kept waiting for landstar waiting and waiting and waiting and um I, I just got to where i couldn't wait anymore and i thought okay wait a minute i've got a truck i've done blanket wrap with ats before so i know that so i called up my my dispatcher my, or my fleet manager guy and i'm like hey jay um so i've had an issue and i just bought a truck if I lease it on the Anderson, can I put it back on your board? And he said, oh, absolutely. Come on, I'd love to have you. And I said, okay. So I called Landstar, told him to forget it. Don't even worry about it. And uh, I called the Anderson recruiter and explained the situation. And they're like, well, yeah, you, I mean, you technically left like two weeks ago. So, you know, you're still good. So uh, we got all the necessary things in order and uh i had just enough fuel uh I, you know i was so broke um that i was able to put just enough fuel in the truck uh, to get it to st cloud and drop it off and and at that point i was kind of in their care uh, they put me in a motel and fed me but i had to go through orientation again so it was another four days of just mind-numbing orientation but I finally am out, um, right back to where I was that first week of 2011, but this time it's my truck. And uh, I've got a fuel card, I can get fuel. Um, I've got Jay, we've got our relationship. And um, this was uh, right near the end of August. So I've just lived almost nine months of just an absolute nightmare um you know it, it's it was just horrible but i thought all right well here i am i've got a truck uh it's a little shaky um literally um i didn't know at the time that the cross tube was bent so the front tires were pointing in two different directions and you know man it shook and and uh but 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 it would hook to a trailer and it would go and they had just started a new contract where you would you would go get loaded at a place and they would put like 22 pallets and you would take and drop one pallet at each stop and it was 22 22 to 23 stops 25 um and it was crazy stupid money um it was it was unbelievable um you know the uh, the household good stuff had pretty much died off but we still had some blanket wrap customers and then we had this new deal where we're hauling these doing these 22 stop loads and um, there was one week where I did one load and my net settlement after all of my fuel and insurances and all that stuff and I still cleared $6,000 in one week still to date my biggest one week settlement ever 
I hit the ground running September, October, November, December. And when I got to do my uh, accounting for 2013, I did a hundred and I think fifty-six thousand dollars in total revenue. Seventy-five thousand dollars of that revenue was made in that truck that I leased from Lone Mountain in September, October, November, and December. More than half of the total revenue that I earned was in that last quarter plus one month. It was insane. When I got home for my two weeks off at Christmas, I was, one, exhausted mentally, emotionally, physically, but I had hope. I had, I had hope that I had survived this nightmare. I now had my own truck. I was making just unbelievably killer money, uh, more money than I could ever fathom. Um, you know, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but I'm I'm going to say that I probably cleared, you know, thirty grand, thirty five, forty grand in that four months because um, it was just insane. So I had hope. Uh, I had a truck that was mine. Nobody could take it away from me as long as I paid the payments. Um, I cash flowed a bunch of repairs. You know, I fixed that crossover tube. by you know, I put new steer tires on it. And, uh, and I was in really good shape. And so now I've set myself up to get ready to go into 2014 with kind of a new attitude and a new plan. I hope you've enjoyed this look at the decade that made me. Be sure to tune in again next week for the next installment of the series. If you have any questions, you can email me at anamericantruckdriver at gmail.com. You can also find me on social media, facebook.com slash anamericantruckdriver, twitter.com slash chrispolk76, and on Instagram at anamericantruckdriver.